Welcome to Meet the Cast at the Apple Store Soho in New York. Please welcome this evening's moderator from Entertainment Weekly, Jessica Shaw. Thank you. I love this show. I'm so excited you're all here. Uh, you know how there's always that band that was going to be something, but then completely imploded? The Heathens were that band. Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll, which, by the way, premieres tomorrow night at 10 on FX, picks up a couple decades after the Heathens were going to be something, after Johnny Rock pissed off a ton of people, especially his bandmates, Flash, Bam Bam, and Rehab, at least his backup singer slash lover, Ava, is still giving him loyalty with a hefty dose of tough love. But it still seems like they're on their way into has-been status until his daughter, Gigi, shows up with lots of money and even more talent. The show is so great. Let's just play you a little bit of, of a clip before we bring the cast out. Yeah, sexy drugs and rock and roll. Oh. 
sex and drugs and rock and roll. Premieres Thursday, July 16th, only on FX. Let's bring out the bands. Come on out. I want to welcome Dennis Leary, who created the show, writes stars, plays Johnny Rock. Elaine Hendricks. Sorry, I'm peeking to see who's next. She plays Ava. Liz Gillies, who plays the daughter Gigi. John Corbett on guitar as Flash. Oh, I'm sorry, Robert Kelly on drums as Bam Bam. Corbett and John Ailes as Rehab on bass. Oh my God. Welcome everyone. So that kind of gave you a, a little bit of sen a sense of the show, um, though I have to say when I watch that and even describing the show, you don't uh, necessarily get a sense of how funny the show is. And there are, you know, the tone of the show is really unlike uh, other things that I see on TV now. Talk to me a little bit about that, about coming up with the overall for the, the tone of the show. Well, our, uh, our approach was to basically make you laugh your ass off several times out loud in the course of every half hour. Maybe a little smidgen of dramatic tension every once in a while, but really we're just there to make you laugh your ass off every week, out loud a couple of times at least. By the way, just watching the song, Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll, like everyone's kind of like bouncing their hands, heads oh, up good. and down. And I saw you good. guys before you came in doing that also. Do you like sleep and wake up and hear this song? No, no. We, I think we've all stopped hearing this song because we've heard it so many times, especially in the editing room and the sound mix for me. So the last time I saw it was in Comic-Con when they played the trailer at Comic-Con. And probably before that was like Bonnaroo or something. So no, I, you know, I, I've been inundated with the show now. So it's time to let the world uh, go out there and judge it, you know? Yeah, and we should say the show premieres tomorrow night. Yes, tomorrow night, 10, uh, FX. On and it's FX. on for 10 weeks straight. That's right, that's right. So well, what was the moment, Dennis, when you, um, when you said, okay, this is the show I'm going to do next. This is, this is what I want to write about. This is what's calling me. Uh, I have a lot of friends who are uh, close friends of mine, the guys that I knew since I was a teenager who became uh, professional rock and roll musicians. None of them are famous, but they've played in some you know, semi-famous bands, bands that were going to be really famous and then broke up. So I had a lot of uh, experience watching the drug and alcohol abuse and the jealousy and the bitterness and the resentment and the desire to be famous and the blaming. And I just thought, this is, they're like dysfunctional families. So I, I, that's what I wanted to, to do, you know? So tell me about this, this dysfunctional family. I guess if all of you could uh, talk to me a little bit about what you... What spoke to you about, about your characters? Oh, my character, Bam Bam. Yeah, well, I'm the drummer in the band, and uh, I'm very much like the drummer in this group, too, because I'm at the end. And you sat yourself there. Do you understand there. the disappointment with that the women, I felt the air. When she said John Corbett and I walked out, they went, what the fuck happened to John? <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, like John was doing heroin. Was he eating, was a, a eating and heroin? What? <laughs> like something bad happened. <laughs> and look at how gorgeous you are. You know are. what? We should do that. <laughs> John should get introduced on Jimmy Kimmel. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome John Corbett and have you just walk out yeah. and not fucking say a thing about it. <laughs> and start talking about the fucking, you know, uh, do you know any, Sex in the City and, you know, do you know many women Bo would, Derek, you know. Cell phones would just be ringing like women. <laughs> What's just, going on with John Corbett? Turn it on right now. Caitlin who? Look what happened. Johnny lost his shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, no, I, I'm the drummer of the band, and you know, this is my family, and you know, Johnny's my mom, and he's my father, and they're my sisters, and that's my brother Rehab, who I, who. Uh, okay, I'm I not love. your father. No, my mother. No, you're, you're my the mother. mother. I'm your mother. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're more my mom. You're loud. You scream. Robert, Robert. Yeah, it's because you don't know your lines. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> we should say you learned to play drums for this role. I did. I did. I learned to play drums. That was crazy. That was, um, yeah, because I, you know, I know Dennis, and I know he'd yell at me if I didn't know how to play. So I, I because you're my mom, and uh, I, I learned how to play. And then when I got on set, they hooked me up with uh, Dennis's drummer. It was crazy because I had to learn lines. And then had to learn, go to drum rehearsal and learn songs, uh, being a musician for, you know, three months. But now, you know, I can play the drums. You said you don't listen to the songs anymore. I play the song every day. I wake up and I play sex and drugs at least once a day on the drums. So, so what, are you putting me down? Are you like, that's a put down on me? How like, did you make it what? about that? Because you said, I did, you went like this. This hey, was your tone. You went like this. You went, you don't listen to the song. I but I play it every fucking fight. day. That was your tone. They, that you was your tone. Uh, this is what my mom would do. This is not mom. This is your older brother who's sick and tired of your fucking shit. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're trying to put me down. I can't listen to the song anymore because I heard it a million times. Yes. By the way, this is like 20 great. times more functional than the family on the show. Uh, well, <laughs> this relationship, you know, he, I, I just don't understand. I think he's looking Looking for love, maybe I didn't give him enough. Not as his mother, as Dennis. Let me give him. Let me give him some love right now because if you play an instrument out there, probably you play a guitar like I do, and I can just t take a guitar and take you if you've never done it, and really show you how to play three chords in about a half hour, and you can sing an eagle song. Sitting down to the drums is a whole other ball of wax, man. If you've ever tried it. It, it's so complicated. It really is that pat your head and touch your belly. And, I just want to say he That's works. What love he, is. he really does. Here's some love. He really works at it to play those drums. Thank you, John. Hours and hours a day. Thank it's you, not John. easy, man. You Thank practice you, John. really hard and you're really good now. And Thank you. Thank and we you, love you, Bobby. Thank and you're Liz. basically the best like musician you, I've ever known. I Thank love you. you. I love Thank you, Bobby. It's been a bit of a good, good cop, bad cop situation going on here. Thank you, everybody. We love you, Bobby. Everybody. Love you, Bobby. Thank you. I'll buy you a pizza later. Thank you, Dennis. Okay, you're welcome. I love you. John. I know you do. From where? Did you, uh... <laughs> Joe's? Lombardi's. Uh, oh yeah, Jessica, God. you gotta jump in here. This is gonna Corbin, go on all you, night. <laughs> I, have a, yeah, I have a feeling this is a many takes of uh, different... Um, John, you, you obviously perform and you've got a band. Was this a nice opportunity to sort of blend these two worlds of yours? Uh, I've been, uh, in the last few years, I, I was doing a... You know, when you're an out-of-work actor, if you get lucky every year, you get a pilot, right, for a, for a, to do a TV show. And they make the pilot, and then you wait and wait for almost a year to see if it happens. And usually it doesn't happen because there's so many. It's like spaghetti on the wall. They throw it up, and only one or two strands are going to stick. And, you know, it's another year of disappointment that you've waited for. And, and it, Welcome to showbiz. Yeah, and a welcome to showbiz. And it's happened to all of us. And it just happened to me with, uh, with a, sh a, a show on CBS, a big spinoff of NCIS. And it didn't happen, and I was just down in the dumps about it. And I got a call one day that Dennis Leary uh, created a new show called Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. They had me right there, but he wanted me to play a guy named Flash, the lead guitar player. And I was I was re I was ready to do it because it, it was for FX. Uh, I watched Dennis on Rescue Me for seven years, and uh, I really I did read it, but I didn't have to. I would have said yes anyway, just based on the five minute breakdown of what the show was. And uh, 
I'm so happy because once again, we made a pilot called Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll and then jumped into that same thing, waiting to see if they would pick it up. And, you know, part of me knew that they weren't and it was going to be another year of disappointment. But man, God bless them. They did it. And we just did a series that comes on tomorrow night. That's right. And it's so nice, I should say, to have scripted, like good scripted comedy in the summer, which is not, uh, doesn't happen a lot. Um, John Ailes, you also learned, you learned to play bass too. You, you were like, I'm not casting a bunch of musicians here, right? Well, I only really had to have, uh, uh, the, the lead guitar player had to know that instrument, had to at least be comfortable with the guitar because that's very difficult to fake just all the time having to be concerned about whether somebody was moving the right way with a guitar on concerned me. So that's why I wrote that part with John in mind. I knew he played guitar and he sang. I figured I could cover the drum and the uh, bass parts if the actors couldn't really learn them. It was more important to me, their, the relationship, the, the actors playing the two roles and their relationship together. My daughter had to be able to sing. I wanted to use live vocals as often as I could in the, instead of lip syncing. And, uh, and to John and Bobby's credit, by the last two episodes, they were actually playing the instruments in the takes uh, as we were uh, recording them, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and Elaine really sings and dances, so that was a plus. Um, Ailes just sent me a great self-tape that you know for the audition. I couldn't find somebody that was the perfect energy for the bass player. He sent the tape. We said, this guy's great. He lied and said he could play the bass, so we hired him. And then we found out he couldn't fucking play the bass. <laughs> There's a great moment. I think it's in the first episode. <laughs> you learn in a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> um, with Liz, when Liz opens her mouth and starts singing, and I think a lot of people are f familiar with her from Victorious or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. <laughs> um, but oh my God, I had no idea. What was it like for you all? I mean, obviously you had met with her, so you knew she could sing, but there, it's a very powerful moment in the show when you're like, holy shit, she can really do this. Well, it's like if I didn't do it well in that <laughs> scene, the whole series would have been like, eh, because we're pushing this person who's supposed to be able to sing, and you wanted to do it live, which, which I loved, and I felt like it was really important. You know, We all really learned to play instruments, and I really sang live, uh, Every time, so did Dennis, and uh, I mean, it was—it's amazing. It's you wrote great music. And we're all happy to, I think, sing it and play it, and we feel like a real band. You know, the music is authentic in the show. But yeah, for me, I mean, coming off Nickelodeon and doing something like this, it's a dream. I mean, it's crazy. This authentic rock and roll music and to sing live—I mean, I couldn't ask for anything more. It's amazing. So, Elaine, are, is what we're seeing here with this this family—is this basically what it was like shooting every day? Every day. Yeah every day and it's 24 7 so it, we're this way during the scene we're this way when they yell cut in between the scenes we're this way on the ride home we're this way when we hang out together uh, you know after getting home it is 24 7. you know it's i think showing the kind of the rock and roll world and and the dysfunctionality of if that's a word of that that whole thing it can it can um it has to be so exact and so dead on or else it reads fake. And the show is the opposite of that. It just, it, it, as, an, as a viewer, it reads so true. And just the way that you all, the way that the characters talk to each other, the way the performances are. I mean, how, how hard was that? Well, uh, the uh, tech advisors are uh, all... Uh, you know, every like uh, Bobby's drum teacher, um, the guys that worked with uh, the rest of the band on their instruments, they're all real musicians. So um, 
we had that on our side, no matter what was going on in the scene, if we had to do something musically, we knew we had the right advice. Um, but I've also hung around these guys long enough. A lot of these arguments that are in the episodes are things that I lifted from arguments I witnessed my friends having in their own bands. Um, John has his own band, so John knows what the deal is. So whenever I got, when my character's getting into a fight with John, um, they were, they were the kind of scenes where literally the first take was as good as the third take because he's, he's completely jealous of me and I'm jealous of him. He knows the groove. So um, after a while, we really just had art. We would we'd call cut and there'd be a lighting setup and we would sit around and argue, all of us. Yeah. yeah but, so I always like to jump in here too because something that is so unique to working with Dennis and Dennis with FX is that as actors, like so often we go to sets where we have to like say the lines perfectly and match every single move that we do. But with Dennis, he likes it very raw and real. And so we had multiple cameras going on at every time. It was just messy and overlapping and a lot of improv. And I think that energy is what got captured. And I think that's what makes us really very special. Yeah, I like to improv. I like to... And then were you all cool with that? Was that scary for for some of you? I mean, you I'm know. more comfortable doing that. Me too. <clears throat> you know, but a lot of times you don't get to do that because it's you have a director who's different, a writer who's different, a writer's producers. He's everybody, so he can just say, "This is what we're just go." You know what I mean? So he knows what he wants, and he knows when he he knows when he gets it too. Because you can the best thing is, is like you know me and rehab are doing a thing together, and to hear him crack up off you know because you're not supposed to laugh but to make him laugh is like you're like yes we yeah. did that was it we had one very special day where yeah. I remember making Dennis laugh yeah one no, what there happened? was one special day there was one very Only special one. day yes. what'd you do Ailes <laughs> he pulled his pants off, down it was all off camera I don't remember <laughs> no, yeah, so whenever those awesome. characters had this a scene stuff. whenever Bam Bam and Rehab have a scene together uh, it, I, sometimes I had to go outside because I'm going to ruin the take. Um, these guys are so fucking funny and when they're arguing with each other and they start to improvise within the idea of what we wrote and they're both on camera, usually you know, we have a camera over each guy's shoulder, they would just, uh, I can't even begin to tell you, lots of it's in the show, but in the editing room we would just die laughing. But I died on the set. I mean, I, the, sometimes I ruined the take because I just yeah. couldn't. We all did. They I were mean, there, all there's, like, I think it's either an episode, maybe it's in one or two, when there's probably a five minute scene where, where the guys in the band are trying to figure out different words to describe Gigi's body. Oh, that's the oh, pilot. Yes. And it is, right. it's in the, maybe in the first, the first episode, episode, tomorrow night at 10 on FX. Yep. That is so funny. And I mean, it's not funny for my father. <laughs> They're torturing me. It's, it's when the, ba the guys decide to torture me about how they should refer to different parts of my daughter's body, you know, as a code when she's around so they can talk about how sexy she is. Um, God, I don't, we had like four cameras going on the, in that scene, I think. We're always shooting in a circle with a ton of cameras, and so you've always got to make it. It's like theater. You've got to be on. It's like theater it's in the like round. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is like theater, and, and you know, we, do, we, we shoot every rehearsal, it seems, except for the first stumble. We shoot the rehearsals. And you've got to shoot rehearsals, you guys. You've got to shoot rehearsals. That's Listen very to me. Soderbergh if you learn of you. anything today, well, I'll tell shoot you what, a rehearsal. You have to shoot a rehearsal. I, I did a movie years ago with Clint Eastwood, and I'd heard that he did this. And, uh, and, and I asked him about it, and he said, some actors don't like it, so I don't say I'm shooting. I don't even say that the cameras are up. But we go in the room and start rehearsing, 
and I was doing a scene with him and James Woods, and J he said, me and uh, Clint were on one side of the camera, and they acted like the camera wasn't on, and James just went crazy and did this giant monologue, and at the end of it, Clint said, got it, all right, moving on. And I shot the rehearsal. You never know, an actor might give a great performance in the rehearsal and never get back to that spot. I mean, for me, as an actor, film is really difficult. It's a difficult uh, environment because you're going to do something really intense that's involved in the scene for five minutes, then nothing for 40 minutes while we reset and relight, and then come back in and try to capture that energy again. Everything in the, in the film process is just working against the actor. So as I worked with people like Clint Eastwood and Barry Levinson I and Ted Demi was great at it, I just realized all you got to do is put up multiple cameras. That's what Steven Spielberg does. That's what uh, you know Soderbergh does. It's what Scorsese does. You put up multiple cameras. You shoot the fucking rehearsal. Once we get in the room, everybody stops their work and we go. And it's just like live theater. And you can see it on the actors' uh, performances. It's it's you feel like everybody's alive. It's because it is. You know. Yeah, no, it, def it definitely shows <clears throat> in the show. There are other moments um, where you guys, where you know, some of your characters might like take down a, a popular band like Radiohead or Katy Perry or anything. Do you, when you wrote that, or when someone improved it and you decided to leave it in, were you anticipating like, or the Kardashians, or there's like a Bruce Jenner line in there? Are you like, uh oh, we're gonna get some backlash for this? No, because the, the show, underneath it all, the show is really about. It's about family, but it's also about fame. And it's about people who are desperate for fame and people who, especially in the music business, uh, in Johnny's case, very critical of anybody who's made it that he doesn't consider you know, the right group of people. Meanwhile, if Katy Perry walked into that studio space, he'd be the first guy to go, oh my God, I love you. You're, the, you're my favorite. Can I get you a Pepsi? What do you want? Anybody famous, he'd be the first person to kiss their ass. Um, so you know, that's, that's the thing. He wants to be famous in the worst way. And, you know, I think that's evident. And I show. think we, we got lucky, too, with the whole Bruce Jenner thing. We didn't know. We shot that a year ago, so we didn't know Bruce Jenner was going to be wearing ladies' undies a year later, man. And uh, that's just a, a happy accident, I think, because there's a good Bruce well, Jenner we, we in there. knew. I think we all knew that he was, you know, headed in that direction. So, But that the thing that's key in that scene is not Bruce or Kate. It's... it's it's the idea that the son is famous and he's not even on the television show necessarily. He's just a DJ. But the whole family is so famous that to Johnny, it's just like, how does this happen? How am I not famous? And this kid who's a DJ has paparazzi shooting him as he walks into the hotel. That's the nature of the beast now, you know? Uh, fame is, uh, is everywhere, you know? Yeah, There's absolutely. a kid I, we saw. I saw a kid's name someplace we were today. He's, you know, he's, he was called... Vine, you know, famed Vine artist. You Vine know, star. Vine star. And I, and I saw the kid's name and I was like, who is that guy? Obviously, he's a big star. You probably know who he is, right? You yeah. have to give him a name. I can't remember his name. Well, there you go. <laughs> he's I, so psyched that you just said his name, by the way. He's like, Dennis Leary knows who Dennis I Leary am. Dennis Leary almost said my name. He's <laughs> very psyched. Every single person on Vine thinks it's them. Yeah, yeah, the right. right. They're watching, they're like... <laughs> Talk to me about writing these songs because... You know, you needed great songs and great music, and and uh, you know, uh, the short or it would be like, no, this isn't ringing true. Well, I'm uh, I was very lucky. Uh, Greg Dooley, who's the lead singer and uh, songwriter for the Afghan Wigs and the Twilight Singers, um, he uh, I took I got him to bring the Afghan Wigs essentially, except their bass player John Curley, into the studio, and we were able to go in there for a week and create the heathen songs from the early 90s when they were supposedly about to be big. 
And then uh, our technical advisors, which are you know, a group of five or six really uh, terrific uh, rock and roll musicians, lifelong session guys and live players, they went in for three weeks with me and the rest of the cast, and especially Liz. So um, a lot of the credit goes to those guys and the time that we had in the studio. That was really key. It was like about a month before we started shooting. We just spent tons of time on the music, every single day going in there at Electric Lady. Um, Which was the coolest. Yeah, it was great. I mean, Electric so amazing. Lady. Yeah. It's crazy. It's Jimi Hendrix's studio. If you Heard don't. of him? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. There's some uh, fun guest stars, and I, I've only seen the first five, but uh, we get to see Dave Grohl and, and Joan Jett in like a great uh, episode and, and moment. Loved seeing her. Um, and I understand Kelly Bishop from Gilmore Girls yes. plays your She's mom. She's so great. Yeah. She's everything. She's everything I want to be. Of who doesn't? Yeah. That's the episode my grandmother can't watch. Why? Oh, yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, we all too. have one that we'd rather people... We all have an episode that you like. Uh, your grandma yes, can. yes. Don't my, give that away. We're I will not. not. Okay. But my grandmother cannot... Irish Catholic Boston cannot watch. Something happens to Bam Bam at the end of episode seven, I think. Or, at the, or at the beginning. Or at the beginning. And it's very funny. Yes. But, yeah, I don't think you're... I don't think any of your... No, my grandmother would break a rosary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She watched that. I don't think your mom should watch it. I don't think. No, my mom. My no, mom no, was no, from no, the no. 60s. No, she no, can no, watch no. it. No, no. <laughs> oh, you know yeah. what? <laughs> Wait a minute. I just remembered another piece. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no. No, your mom can't watch it. I don't think it. my wife can watch it. I don't think your wife should watch it. <laughs> so are there, I mean, I, I'm sure, you know, for season two, which of course will be coming, um, do you each have like your dream person that you want to see either make a cameo? I mean, certainly the show, the subject matter is, uh, you know, open to a billion options. Bobby? We'll go down the I line. Just, I, what John just did freak me out. I'm sorry. What'd you do? I do it again. I, can't, he wasn't I couldn't attention. tell my grandmother. <laughs> show Dennis. <laughs> You want to ask the question again? You want Sorry. me to ask? Who's him? your dream? You you ask it because he hey, will answer asshole. you. Listen up, okay? <laughs> if there's a if there's a season two, you know what? You, no, yes. no, no, no. It's Let when me. there's a season two. Okay, Dennis, when there's on. a season two. Yes. Are you paying attention? Asshole. Okay, asshole. Okay. Look, pay attention. I change. You're the mom. You're all three of my dads. Go okay. Ahead. All right. Yes. If there's a second season. Second and, season. And I came to you and I said, Hey, is What's there a? This is what I'm fucking talking about. It's Every like, day. I'm listening. Okay. That helps me listen and, when I act it out. And I said, out. you got to pick a, a special guest star to come on and be on the, an episode. Who would that be? Guest star or rock and roll? It's okay. Bobby's moment. I would, uh, it's my moment. Thank you. Uh, I, would pick, I would pick Jack White. Oh, great. That's cool. Oh, that's I mean, Jack White, cool. funny. Good pick. Yes. Funny. That's a really great talented. Good I mean, good answer. he'll hang out good with pick. any drummer. Bobby, that was a great answer. Thank you. And I could, I could play all those songs. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. It's pretty easy, right? John, right. let's just go right down the John line. John Corbett, you're give me your dream cast. Who do I have? I would like uh, I would like Nick Summers to come on our show, played by the excellent from Saturday Night Live, Bill Murray. Nick Ooh. Summers. <laughs> yeah, good idea. Oh, I'm a, can, uh, skip me. I'm still looking at the menu. <laughs> I want Elvis Costello. I'm an Elvis Costello freak. Every, my daughter's name is Declan. Uh, her middle name is Declan after Elvis. When I, I met him in person by accident last year at an ice skating rink, and I found myself being introduced to a man. He, he says, I'm Elvis. I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. That guy could say, I'm Elvis. And mean it. Yeah. I'll take that. 
I want to do a scene with Elvis. That's a good one. Uh, mine, mine's always Steven Tyler. That's I'm sticking with that yeah, one. I want Steven that bad. Well, Dennis, don't you know him? He does. I do. Yes. So what's going I on? I know that he does. I don't know. I think I have a. You just don't want to give me what I want. Every time I talk to Steven about doing something, he wants me to do something for him, and so. So do something for Steven Tyler. Huh? I'll do it. I'll do it. Oh. Elect me. Okay. All right. What is it? Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's a colonoscopy. He likes to have done at home. Oh. Um, I'll do it. I think, Bobby? St- I think Steven Tyler would be great. Yeah. I think he'd be great. Elaine? Debbie Harry. Yes. Who Dennis also knows. Yes. I love Debbie Harry. I'd say Debbie Harry. I'm with her. Debbie Harry. That's, great that's actress, amazing. Um, you know, icon. Uh, terrific. Blondie. Yeah, I love, I love Debbie Harry. I, I, I can't wait for season two. I want to open it up to some questions. Um, two things. One, John, I saw your band in Austin, Texas oh. a while ago. Keeping it weird. Yes, keeping it weird. Good shit. Wow. Do you remember what the venue? Stubbs Barbecue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. You played a barbecue? Well, it's like, no, it's hey, great, is that where we ate? It's that a really good venue. Oh yeah, we went there. That place is outside, right? It was such a It was so fun. No, we were at a wiener house. No, we were not. No, we were at Stubbs Barbecue. We were not at a wiener house. No, it's a wiener house. No. It was the, so oh, that's different. what me and you were at the wiener house. Oh, yes. Hey, no, no. can she ask her question? That was more of a code name. Yes. Well, I was looking at the episode titles, and I saw Tattoo You and Lust for Life. Yeah. I was just curious as to the process of picking the episode titles and what Iggy Pop and the Stones brought to the show. Wow. That's all you Dennis Leary, I, take I, it away. I, I, just, I just like to pick um, my f- favorite song uh, phrases or titles and use them just to kind of... I mean, if we're going to do a show about rock and roll, I'd like to incorporate some t- tribute sort of uh, element to some of the great rock songs. Um, Although there is one that's called, uh, an episode called Super Califragilistic Fuck Julie Fucking Andrews. That's that, not a song. That's about my yet. mom. <laughs> so, but otherwise, I, it's part of the fun for me is picking a great phrase or a great uh, song title to, to use. Well, even that's a song. I just want to point out when Dennis said that right now and then he laughed at his own joke, that's his real laugh. Because most people, they have a good fake laugh. We all have one. If somebody says, ha, 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 And Dennis has one, too. Oh, that's funny. But when he really laughs, his teeth go together, and he does this. <laughs> and that's how you know you really made Dennis laugh. So cute. <laughs> well, there is something I love about, you know, and I think all of you guys are, are, are so game for this in the show, that there are these moments where you're not showing, like, a pretty picture. You're showing, you know... Uh, 20 years ago we were going to be something and there's a great line I think um, Dennis I think your Johnny's manager says to him like you look like Brian Adams grandfather or something I mean and and it's so um, I love it that you're just willing to go there it doesn't seem like there's much ego in in the right in the writing well we all have our moments where there's absolutely no vanity in the course of the 10 episodes I mean for Johnny it happens a lot um, but we all get knocked down to the most basic, uh, no matter what you think of yourself, you don't look that great today, right now, uh, moment. We actually, all of us have multiple moments like that. So I think that's kind of key. If we're going to be uh, in the rock and roll world, which is full of and people that want to be famous and therefore full of vanity and ego, we got to keep blowing that up a little bit. We all look like shit at certain points in this show, and it's really fucking funny, I think. <laughs> All right, more questions? Just raise your hands high because they're going to come around with mics. 
I wanted to say it's a huge honor just to be talking to you right now because oh I I saw you back in 13 and it Thank was you. amazing and I knew What's I had What's your name? A, my name is Kenneth. Hi Kenneth, nice <laughs> to meet you. Oh my god. What gosh. is 13? What's 13? 13 was uh, a Broadway, Broadway show I did when I was when I was when I was 15 I lied. But um <laughs> I didn't have to be 13, but it's wonderful Lucy that you was saw your it. character name. I even remember your name. Of course. Oh my god. That's awesome. That's so sweet. <laughs> um I wanted to ask you though. Um what's what would you say would be the biggest transition from going from Nickelodeon to a show like this? Well, there's a whole bunch of them, obviously. <laughs> the biggest one, I mean, the language is a big one, the content is a big one. But for me, the biggest thing that I was the most proud of with this show is, you know, Victorious was a sitcom and it was light and it's for kids. And this one, I, I mean, you gave me a whole list of different notes to play and there was drama in there and I got to cry in an episode and I got to do all this different stuff that I don't think anyone who likes things that I've done in the past has seen me do, so... I wasn't even sure if I could, you know, I, I thought I could. I'm glad that I hopefully did. But, you know, I was proud of it. And I hope everyone else will see that I can do more than one thing. And, you know, that was the best for me to do more than one thing and to show that I can, I maybe have some chops in other areas too. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, you can I, be the judge of it. <laughs> I'm thinking about a specific scene that's very dramatic that, that, um, that Liz, you and Dennis do together. How was that thinking, you know, deciding how much drama to write into Which a one? comedy when you're talking about, I don't want to ruin it. Like, well, do you love me? Oh, that's fine. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, a lot of it, I, we would improved. just... Yeah, we just didn't really? yeah. improvise it. You wow. Know? We and had lines and uh, yeah. we threw them out the window. And then I could play with it in editing because I would shoot both sides at the same time. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, don't worry about how long or how... how you know, we just feel it. Let it feel itself out. And then in the editing room, I find the beats, you know? Yeah. And, and, and you felt like it was something that uh, you felt safe enough to put right in enough drama into the show. It's early on. I think yeah. it's episode three. It's the first scene episode three. I think in episode two, she, uh, there's a scene where she takes him into, a, uh, into the kitchen of the studio and says... I lay it all out for you, basically. You know, basically tells him he's got to yeah. straighten up and fly right. I did the same thing, just two cameras. We kind of knew what we were doing. Mm -hmm. and, uh, we and throw curveballs, though, for yeah. sure. So, and then I find it in the editing room. But it, yeah, it's great. It's one of the things that makes the show feel different, you know, because you go back and forth in, in, you know, in genres a little I bit. I hope so. Uh, yeah. Uh, my question is for Liz. Um, do you think it's better to have a mentor? Because Gigi comes in, you know what I mean, with Johnny, and he's, he's never made it. So do you think it's better to have a mentor who's done everything wrong and, you know, really you can question. learn from that? Or is it better to have a mentor who's done everything right? By the way, she's one of the best fans ever. She's making amazing videos for us, really funny Vine you stuff, don't need so to put I'm our, super happy You don't need to, to put our business out in front, of, in front of everybody. Well, I won't talk about that. Um, 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 so, I, I, I mean, it's always a clear message, I think, when you have an example of somebody who's who went down a path that you're hoping to go down, and I mean, almost everything was kind of done incorrectly. It's kind of a crash course, I think, but with that, you there is wisdom that Johnny imparts to Gigi, and you do teach me. But it, I, I think that I think that inherent thing of seeing what a screw up he was with drugs and all that substance abuse is what kept her clean and her not wanting to touch any of that. And it, it's a big part of where her focus comes from. So I think the way the, the way they did it is maybe a better way. I think maybe although mentors that are perfect can be nice too. But this one's more fun and I think it paints a clearer picture for her. But yeah, good seeing you. As <laughs> like a creepy stalker. Um, Liz, I also saw you in 13 and Victorious and now this, so they're all music-based, but it's open to anybody. I was wondering if music-based uh, 
TV and film stuff is more interesting and like if, it, if you're drawn to things like that more than regular non-music things. I think we can all say this one falls into like a middle category because we're singing live. That was the difference with this one. Usually with film and TV, you have to record for technical reasons, right? I mean, it's hard with playback and everything. You can talk too. I feel I'm, I'm talking for like a half hour now. Go, baby, go. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, but this one, it was, it was, it was cool enough. I mean, it, it, it is TV, and yet it felt like theater, just like the acting felt like theater. We shot everything. A lot of it was, you know, uh, done in one. We did a scene in one take. The three of us have that great scene that's in one take. So much of it was live. Because it was too cold out. Well, <laughs> that and other things. Uh, we keep the energy up in the show, and then, as far as the live singing, it felt like we were performing concerts because, yeah, there would, there would be extras and there would be actors watching us, you know, perform these. Uh, perform these concert scenes, but they would be watching a real show because we'd all be singing and playing. So it felt like the real deal. So it felt like we were performing in front of an audience. And I think when you watch it at home, that energy will be electric and you'll, you'll feel like you're watching a live rock concert as opposed to something played back and tuned and fixed and all that. Are you, I, I also was very uh. impressed and it was when, once I saw the, the, all the shows put together that it really hit me, the way that Dennis wove it all together. It's not like we're doing a scene and then we're going to stop and here's this musical number. It was all very intuitive. It all flowed. So it made sense. Like we're in a, in a rehearsal studio. So we're, practicing a song and then we're going out onto the stage and so it had a really nice flow to it that made it uh, particularly fun and cool to do the other the other thing is there's not as much music in this show even though it's called sex drugs and rock and roll uh and we're talking about it there's not as much music in there as you would think the show's really about our relationships and and the stuff that's going on i mean if you add up the uh, minutes that that uh, somebody's actually playing and singing in the show. It's very, very little, right? Well, there's yeah, still there's, a lot of good music. Yeah, and Great music. Everyone's like, forget yeah. this show. We're <laughs> no, leaving. But there's very specific songs for each show, and they're going to yeah. be released after they air each week, right? So, you know, yeah. you can the get them on, on your iTunes thing. But here's oh, the thing. is that I'm not a music guy. I'm not a musician. I, I love TV, though. I love watching TV. And when you watch television, they have the soundtrack in it to give you an emotional... Uh, feeling to bring you where you want except this show we he wrote the soundtrack so you'll be watching the episode and then at the end we're playing the song and it it kind of brings the whole episode together which i kind of never saw in a show before it's never really been done she's singing and then it it's kind of like wow this is kind of about what just happened you know what i mean and there is i mean there's a whole album coming out with it which is and the songs are if you don't like these songs there's something mentally wrong with you they're they're catchy. They're fun. They're rock and roll. They're poppy. Okay, they're, you know, she's awesome. She's amazing. Can we, even the ones Dennis does are awesome. Did even. I say even? Yes, you did. It came out. Yeah. I didn't mean to say even. That's how the it was ones, spoken. Take the word even up. <laughs> this is this relationship is fucked up. It really is between me and Bobby. You're awesome. Thank you. I love you. I love you, man. Okay. Are you guys gonna go on like a Glee style tour next summer or something? Hey, I think listen, it'll look different. If this if show we do. works, and it and it you know gets uh, gets to live on the air for a while, I'm the rest of my next five years, I will gladly just walk out on stage and go, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Liz Gillies, and then a live Liz Gillies show for oh, two and hours, Dennis. and at the end I come out and I go, ladies and gentlemen, Liz Gillies one more time. And that's it. And we just drive from city to city and publicize the show. And I'll, you know, I'll do her laundry. Yeah, you love whatever. driving. I'll, I'll be the driver. I'll drive the tour bus. I literally, with a big Liz Gillies bus. And they'll I'm all be on it. I'll be the driver. Me and John will take turns driving. Bobby, you'll be in the back. I will, Why in the back? I don't know. There's a lot of reasons. Be in the back. I will absolutely not be driving. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't drive. drive. 
You know what's funny, too, is that everybody, when you see shows, let's be real, not everybody's as funny as everybody else. Thank you. This show, <laughs> everybody is hilarious. You know what I mean? Liz can sing. She, but she's, I was, she's, there's a scene between Elaine and Liz that's one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen on TV. It's unbelievable. With Dennis, I, I, my jaw was dropped because I was like, oh my God, did they just say that? That's it actually was, the episode I decided my daughter can't watch the show. That's, oh, that's really true. That I, is true. I actually was watching the episodes down and I skipped that scene to show to my family <laughs> and there was a big gap. Like they were like, what, but what? I'm like, that's just what he wrote. It doesn't make sense. I know. What can you do? <laughs> is anyone's family watching the, the episode straight through? My, I, my, one of those things where my grandma binge watched all ten, loved and wanted to watch them again. It's, it's more just my. It's, yeah, everyone has that relative uh, thing. Knows yeah. Hit wow. Mom, if you're watching right now, I don't know where these cameras are going out to. Just don't watch the show, Ma. <laughs> where do these cameras go? Uh, hi, Liz. Hi. Uh, my question's for Dennis. A question for me? Well, are you yeah. sure? Because Liz is right here. <laughs> what? Uh, what? You want me to ask Liz something for you? No, okay, no. go ahead. <laughs> what? Uh, what would be the best advice you have for a young filmmaker slash actor since you participate in the show and you're part of the directing crew? Nice. Uh, nice. You know what? Especially nowadays, man, just fucking shoot something. You know what I mean? It's the, the, the best answer. I don't care how cheap it is or how cheap you think it's going to look or whatever. Just go out and shoot something. There's so many digitally... I am, uh, I hate fucking vinyl. I'm just going to, you know, lay it we're out. We're coming like, out with I, records vinyl, fucking by the way, sucked, Okay? <laughs> when I was growing up, records sucked. They were unwieldy. They got warped. They scratched. The speakers were huge and weighed a ton. If you wanted to shoot, shoot something, you had to actually get a film camera, which took forever. I couldn't afford that. We had, we had slideshows in my house. We didn't have a home movie camera. Now, you, guys you have rich. everything available to you. I think just shoot something. Get, some, get your active friends together and just fucking shoot something. You never know. You know, what's the worst that can happen? It sucks, you do it over again, you know? So just go out and do something. Commit yourself to one idea, just shoot the fucker. Was that good advice? Shoot the fucker, yeah. Shoot, shoot the, the fucker. fucker. Shoot the fucker. And keep it simple. Don't go crazy. That sounds like a good Deep song. Shoot the, shoot, shoot the fucker. Shoot the fucker. Shoot the fucker. Episode three, season seven. Shoot the fucker. Who will win? So many arms. Who will win? Um, as an expiring actress one day, hopefully. Um, I want to know, and I've worked in theater and other things as well, so I've seen 13 too, and I love oh, you in that. thank you. Um, I also, and I've seen all you guys in other things as well, so. Uh, I want to know, every time I've gone on a different set, I've learned a different new thing from being on a set with a different cast, and I want to know if you learn new things still, even as you've been in multiple casts, and what you learn from each other during this process. I'm a stand-up comic. I've done some stuff, but... Standing next, they, I, they, they all helped me out a lot. This guy right here, honest to God, would come up and go, he just whispers, do this, do that. And you're like, I can't. Like, I don't, can I? Just do it. And it's, so John Corbett tells you to do something, you just do it. Every time it's worked. Leary has told me jokes, because I'm a comic trying to get to laugh. Don't do it. Say this instead. You don't have to, and it works. Working with this guy, working with these, uh, both of them are amazing actresses and actors. They're incredible. So I feel lucky as hell to be next to these people. So I learned a shitload from working I, with these people. They're amazing. And Dennis, more than ever, anything. <laughs> even, even Dennis. Dennis, mo Dennis mostly? Even I, Dennis. I, say, I really enjoyed the opportunity to teach. 
in this circumstance. <laughs> but really, the truth is, <laughs> I, never in my life I've worked with a, I've worked with a lot of people. Johnny Corbett is probably one of the most awesome, on time, prepared, talented pros I've ever worked with. But I never saw him miss a single beat. Cameras roll. This guy is so in control, it's ridiculous. And if you're fans of his, there's a reason. It's because he knows exactly what he wants, and this guy delivers. I'm so He's awesome. The shit. You know? <laughs> I, think, I think there was probably a few times when I fucked up. I don't see and it I just acted like I didn't, and because I was the boss, I could act like it, it wasn't supposed <laughs> to happen that way. I, I, I w thank you for saying that, you guys. You guys are very nice to say that. Uh, but I do go back to the basics a lot, even though I've been doing this for 30 years. I go back to the basics, which are uh, get there when everybody else gets there, or a little before if you can, but never be late to the set because you know you got to respect everybody's time. And I try, I try. I don't always do it, but you know they have these things called sides, which if you're doing a three-page scene right now you get these things called the sides, which everybody's holding in their hands and they're trying to learn. And, and I, try to, I try to show up not having those and you know knowing my lines already because we're about to shoot it. I don't always get to do that, but I just try to do those kind of basic things. And, uh, but really respect people's time. You know, Don't make anybody wait for you. All right. Well, thank, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, so much. Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll premieres tomorrow night, 10 p.m., on FX, 10 episodes. I've seen half of them. It's great. Thank you all so much for joining me. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you guys all for coming.